if you're listening to this right now, it's because you're a fan of best hour of their day and probably me, but not so much Fern. That tends to be the norm. But if you are listening, we just want to ask you for one favor. Please support us on Patreon. Patreon is where we put some bonus episodes up. It's really the only thing we ask for. We've been doing this podcast for two years now, and we do it because we have a love for fitness. We have a love for helping others, a passion for developing other people and helping them become the best possible coach that they can be. And and we do it because we love it. We don't ask for anything, but we are asking that you support us on Patreon. It's $6 for the price of your fancy frappuccino with hazelnut syrup or whatever it is you get over at Starbucks. You can support the show. And as we get more and more supporters on Patreon, by the way, it's patreon.com forward slash best hour of their day. We're going to be adding even more. Right now, it's a free bonus episode where we answer all of your questions, but we plan on putting so much more out there, exclusive and early content, access to things that you know everybody else doesn't get. So once again, we don't ask for much. So if you love the show, if we're helping you, chances are if you listen to this show and you're a coach or a box owner, we've helped you make way more than $6. And not only that, we've helped just make your life better, whether we entertain you or whether you've implemented many of the awesome things we talk about here on the show, check it out. If you don't, you know what? You can keep listening to the show. You can keep tuning in on a regular basis. Yeah, we put three episodes out every week. You don't have to support us on Patreon. We still want you to listen, but if you can, we appreciate it. We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Best Hour of Their Day. Fern, before we kick off into today's topic, people were enamored by my power clean. I have a question. <laughs> Do you know what enamored means? I'll Google it. I, I, you know, I heard somebody else use it. Did I use it appropriately? It's definitely not out of context. I just, I'm not sure you actually know what enamored means. I'm going to give you some insight into the life of Jason Ackerman. I, I read. Don't know if I want any insight yeah, into you, your life. You, you want this. It's going to make you a better person. I read often. I read on my Kindle uh, at least every night before bed and oftentimes in the morning. And what I'm trying to do is learn more words. So when I see a word that I'm not exactly sure of, you can press on it on the Kindle and it gives you the definition. So I'm trying to expand my vocabulary. Well, this might be the only time I'm going to say this, but I'm proud of you. <laughs> so anyway, we do have some follow-up questions on our Power Clean uh, episode before we get into the idea of keeping your box clean. So let me let me bring up these questions. So 
you know, someone had reached out to us about the power play video. I said, listen to the episode. And after they listened to the episode, they still had a few other questions. Question one, is it considered okay to catch the bar off the body if it is indeed a sound partial squat? Is that even possible under load? I don't feel like it is. I think the poor front rack is the cause of the muted hip in this case. And, and let me be clear, this person was asking me a lot of questions about mobility, which of course, you know, we answered in, in previous episodes that it's rarely lack of mobility, but I'll give you a quick answer to this and you can chime in. You're not going to catch it. I'm not even sure I understand. What do you mean off of the body? I guess, you know, you ever see someone front squat and they're so tight or they think they're so tight that the bar doesn't even sit on the shelf? Oh, so the bar is just supported in the hand and the wrist. Hand, wrist, right. So obviously, you know, to answer this question, the short answer is no, that shouldn't happen. It's going <laughs> to potentially hurt you. But if it does, it's just extremely light. It's, you know... 95 pounds for men where you can just flick it up there, but it's well, still that presents a lot of other potentially injurious situations because if you're if you have a full grip on the bar and you're holding on to it like that, there's only one place where your elbows can be and it is directly down pointed at your knees, at which point you're asking for a wrist injury. Well, yeah, especially if you're attempting to squat clean it. Right. I mean you could power clean it, flash the elbows, and it may never touch your shoulders, but you know, in that circumstance, you'd have to be aware of what the range of motion standards are. If you're in, you know, whether it's in class or a competition, does it have to be on your shoulders? Does it just have to be, you know, shoulder height, elbows, et cetera? Either way, we're not allowing people to do that because they could potentially injure themselves. Right. Question number two, does utilization of dumbbells actually help anything improve? Or is it just a way to get the athlete moving safely with less with one less one-on-one -on -one attention i'm sorry with less one-on-one -on -one, you know so basically can we give this athlete dumbbells instead of a barbell and not have to be so focused on them in a class setting uh you can and that is absolutely if 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 they have a front rack that is such uh you know for lack of better terms a dumpster fire that that is the only safe position where they could get load to the front rack and in, in order to keep their elbows in something that would resemble a high elbow position then yes you can do that however i don't i that's i don't think that we should punt and just be like here's your dumbbells good luck i'm still going to continue to coach them there's a st all of the mechanics still apply with regard to that so if you do that that's totally fine but don't ignore that person. Just like they've got the dumbbells, they're fine. I still need to get that dialed in it, because the question is always, and we've talked about this in previous episodes with regard to relentlessness is, 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 are they actually physically not capable or, to get into that position or do we just need to make them work a little bit harder? And I don't know the answer to that. That is athlete dependent and that is a gray as it gets. However, more often than not, just a little bit more work will get people into what we would describe as better and that is the goal also from a standpoint and, and Todd has always brought this up when he's been on the show is that a lot of those people want to get to the barbell. So my job is to get them to the barbell. And if you always just say, all right, here's your dumbbells, that's no different than saying, all right, here's your rubber band for your pull-ups. Here's the purple band that you'll never get pull-ups with. So, um, and I'm not saying that's what they're doing, but I have seen that. So yeah, it's, it's masking a problem, right? I think I, I don't, think it's a terrible idea, but it should be, you're going through everything we're doing to teach. You're going through this skill work barbell. You're going to work to get better. 
three, two, one, go. Maybe I'll give you dumbbells so you can get some intensity so I don't have to worry about you. But also potentially after class, I need you doing X, Y, and Z to continue to improve. Correct. All right. One more question in regards to the power clean. How do you help an athlete who has an unsafe front rack and no understanding of the reality of the load they should be lifting? That should be done in the warm up. Meaning, deeper into that, yeah. Yeah. So, meaning, I should be doing a series of things that would cause this person to come to that conclusion on their own. Meaning, uh, in the general warm up, we should maybe do some things that involve putting things in the front rack, whether it's kettlebells, dumbbells, uh, potentially a medicine ball, or some kind of like fun games you can do there. And then in the specific warm up, uh, I should be doing a progression to check those positions and then maybe progressive loading and then maybe a test round that we've talked about. So there's no absolute here, but you can absolutely hedge your bets on a lot of these things and, and get what you need out of this um, because it does still happen, but you and I both know this, like it's very rare in our classes at this point that, that that unfolds after three, two, one go. And it's not because we are, the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah, I am up there. I was just trying to give some humility there, but the we've we're, there's there's a series of things that are done very intentionally to avoid that at all costs, and that's what we should be doing. You know how you communicate the whiteboard brief, what the specific warm up looks like. Are you doing a prove it round? Like all, all of these things are designed to dial that athlete in so that they can hit the proper stimulus while maintaining safe movement. And that's a solid point. You know, we talk a lot about timelines where really there's deeper reason for each step, right? There's four steps most coaches should be taking an athlete through before three, two, one, go. We have this whiteboard brief. Then we've got a general warm up where I'm starting to look at, okay, maybe we're doing push ups to get our wrists warm. What's this athlete's push ups look like? Then we're going to a specific warm up where now I get to see what does their clean look like with a barbell or PVC. And like you mentioned, then we have the wad buildup where I'm basically seeing the load they should be or intend to use. So I have four touch points before even getting there. And then five is intervening. Yeah, don't be afraid to touch that load right. during the workout. But I think and they it's, just say, no, that's not happening. You know, it's, it's like a funny story you've alluded to. You know, Chappie walks in with a knife, <laughs> Chappie being your son. He doesn't know any better, right? And a lot of times these athletes don't uh, know anything. I think I think he's starting to know a little bit better because right, well, he has maybe, that shit-eating grin on his face now. <laughs> okay, so maybe, but hey, we see that in athletes, but there are plenty of athletes that are like, well, the board says 95, I'm newer, I'm doing 75, thinking I'm scaling right, but they just don't know any better. So I think it's important if you're coaching that intervening or just letting someone know that you're in charge and you're doing this to protect them, to keep them safe, etc. And to use the Chuck Carswell, but in a, in a different context, just ask one more question. Hey, can you do that five times touch and go? And they're like, no. But like, remember when I said we should be able to do that five times touch and go? And if you don't do that, then you're going to be doing a workout in 25 minutes. And they're like, yeah, but I'm like, but that's what's going to happen. So just ask questions. You sure? That looks really heavy. You have to do that 75 times. So like this is, and these are all things that they have not thought about. 
that I can continue to layer onto them that they will just be like, mm, yeah, I'm about to do something really dumb. So I'm going to avoid that. Yeah. Just saving them from themselves. You know, it's, it's like the world. Most people aren't bad. They're just making dumb decisions. And our job is to help them not be dumb. Speaking of helping people not be dumb, we've had some feedback recently from box owners and coaches alike that are struggling to get buy-in from their members when it comes to keeping the box clean, right? So we all want this sparkling, shiny box, and oftentimes it falls on the last coach of the day and ultimately the box owner to come through, whether it's run the bulldog, you know, to get the floors clean, wipe the pull-up bars down. There's blood, there's, you know, dirt, there's chalk everywhere. So what are, we're going to dive into this, but let's talk first for you, CrossFit Rife. What are some of the tips and tricks you would immediately give out? Hey, I'm struggling to get my members to clean up after themselves. And this is, this seems like a simple topic, but there's so many layers to this. Yeah, I pay, I mean, I pay membership. Well, I have to clean too. There's so many layers to this. So now, so there's, there's the obvious, which is everybody should wipe their stuff down. And in COVID world, people are more more than happy. People are more than happy to do that. So that should be happening. So buy some sanitation wipes, mount them on the wall, rip them down and do that. However, if your class is a shit show and your lesson plan is off, well, that's the first thing that doesn't get done because there's no time at the end. So going back to what we've referenced before, these things are intentional and, and I've said it before and I, I will kind of hold this line in the sand. Anything less than seven minutes is not enough time for a cleanup and a cool down. It's Let me just ask you a practically specific, speaking. Go ahead. Agreed. Specific question. Do you use wipes or do you use spray with rags? We use wipes now, but we have additional cleaning uh, protocols that we do on top of that. So, you know, at the end of the day, we'll spray everything down. We have like a little fumigator deal just to, you know, do whatever. But oh, you walk wipes, around with like one of those like sprays that's like a, literally... it's like a fogger basically, yeah. and then not every single day, but you know, like where I can get big bulk, you know, uh, amounts of equipment at once. I'll do it there. The um, you're doing this, or you got Lindsay and Cassidy doing this? Well, sometimes I'll do it. I, I like I kind of like to clean. It's like yeah, my, man, of it's like, man of the people, man of the people firm. <laughs> it's kind of like I, for some. It's some some of that is my therapy. So like running the the scrubber and stuff like that. Speaking of Lindsay, always <laughs> trying to get on the show. Always trying to get Lindsay. On the show. We get it. You want to be on the best hour? Hey, the, uh, can I let me throw a shout out to one of your coaches, Jake? Hit me up on yeah. the uh, old DM about crushing carnivore. He's doing carnivore. You do know Jake? He's your coach. You pay him? No, no. I know who Jake is, but you're saying that he's doing carnivore <laughs> or I'm he's getting you or he's doing props for because you do carnivore. No, no, no. He reached out to me two weeks Got ago it. or two months ago. He's not talked to you about okay. this? Not about carnivore, no. Dude, look, Fern, let's talk about you and your relationship with your coaches. I need you to get a stronger body. You, you, you want me to tell you his story? I know he's got a great story. I mean, if, if you're comfortable sharing it, sure. But I, I so want to give him, let me, give him, let me finish Yeah, give him a shout out, out and then I'll tell the story about Jake. It's amazing. I'm going to actually pull it up. He DM me. Hold on. And I believe it. Let's see. So the short, the short and sweet of this while you're looking that up. It, I, okay, is go ahead. That, I got it. Is that there's, there's, there's multiple levels to getting people to clean up. And the first thing I have to identify is what is my responsibility? And then how can I get people to do these things without telling them to do them? Um, 
And then what is their responsibility? So there, there's kind of probably like three big ticket items here. So me as the box owner, like my job is to keep the facility clean. Like, I don't, why you would think anything other than that, I, I don't know. And that How is ultimately could, the responsibility falls on you. Right. Yeah. As does your job. Extreme yeah, ownership job for sure. Then, then on top of that, like, how could I get people to just do that? Right. The the whole Jedi mind trick. Like, if if there's certain things you can absolutely do, where people will put their shit back every single time, and we have that here, and it's taken me years and years and years of trial and error, and there are things that I stole from the military, which are just basic, like human behavior type stuff. Um, and then how can I get them to double down? Right. So it's not like. You know, people complain about chalk. And I'm like, well, if you don't like chalk on the floor, then don't fucking have chalk. Because if you have chalk, it's going on the floor. You just have to kind of police people with regard to like, you know, treating it like it's snowing outside. Um, but outside of that, you know, make, make sure people, if you treat, if you design things and it's organized and, and it's clean, then people tend to keep it that way. Right? Like cleanliness begets more cleanliness. And, you know, if you're a hoarder, then people just throw shit in your car when they walk by because it looks like a trash heap. So that that is what you're trying to dial up. And we'll get into that some in, in just a second because there's a lot of tips and tricks for this that are very, very simple and useful. But go ahead and uh, and hit me with what Jake said. So Jake just hit me up. We, we've been going back and forth. He asked me for, this is months ago, about a carnivore. And then yesterday he said carnivore update from 1221 to 120. So about 30 days, he's up. 0.9 pounds of muscle mass, so nearly a pound of muscle mass and down yep. two pounds of body fat. So three pound change right there. And then I That's said, great. get Fern on it. And he said, Fern is too weak. I am too weak. However, I actually have been considering <laughs> Just kidding. It. Just, <laughs> I said that. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset if you said that we have that kind of relationship. The, uh, I have been considering it just totally randomly. I have been considering doing it randomly, for, AKA I see how amazing Ackerman is doing on it. No, um, my fear is that I'll fucking be short if I do it because both <laughs> you and Jake, it does make you, you, and, you and Jake are both short, but let me tell his story real quickly. So we shared, we did a video of him, but this is before he was the coach, actually just kind of a testimonial video and we dropped it. And then it was such a compelling story that CrossFit shared it. And I think it got something North of 2 million views, almost as many shared. downloads as we get. Right. And so long and short, he was an EOD guy in the Navy. So he was a bomb tech in the Navy and he was doing a parachute exercise and he was making a turn at about 300 feet. His parachute collapsed and he essentially lawn darted into the floor, like a human lawn dart into the ground from 300 feet and survived. But he had something like 17 surgeries. You know, he had the, the like a, a ruptured aorta the size of a tennis ball. Like he had fractured pelvis. I mean, just an absolute disaster. Um, and then he joined the gym. And then I want—I don't remember what the time frame was, but when he was here, when he you know got back to because he was crossfitting before, and then he was not with us, but before, and then in the military was obviously super fit, but then had that accident and then got back to it. And I think within like two years or something like that of post accident deadlifted four Oh five again. Oh, so he, he could do just about everything back at it. I mean, he's still like banged up, right? Like there's still things are going on. Like he's got pins in his ankle and he's still got some things going on with his hip. But for the most part, I mean, he's a fit dude. Don't get me wrong. Like he's not, well, you know, he's, you know, he's like, he's, you're not going to like, push him over and he's going to fall, you know, just fall down. So I, it's an incredible story, dude. I mean, it's just like, I'm like, you should definitely be dead. 
Um, <laughs> well, I will say one benefit of carnivore is that it, it, it helps you reduce inflammation. So I'm sure that it'll help anybody, but especially someone that had 17 I'm curious surgeries. if that's why he's doing it because he's had some issues with... Uh, uh, with I mean, things. when he reached out to me, he just said, I'm so enamored with you, right. Jason Ackerman. <laughs> I want to do whatever you're doing. He was like, I have no idea what this means, but it sounds smart. <laughs> so, uh, so no, but he's a, he's a, he's a super sharp dude. And, and actually Please. he's a, he's, and he's somebody that is constantly coming with ideas like today's topic where he's that guy that's constantly like giving feedback and like, Hey, we should move this over there. You have well, you thought about this? Get him on the show, get him on the show, do an interview with him. I will. I will. I mean, he's going to just basically be praising me the entire time, but if you can get him to stop for a moment, Talk about a story. So I, I love the way you said, though, it starts from the top. That goes for anything, right? Oh, you want people to buy into your programming? Do it yourself. You want people to move well? Do it yourself. You want people to show up on time, etc. But what are some other things when it comes to keeping the box clean that you were you were getting at? Well, first and foremost, so let's start internally before we go externally. And this is how you communicate this to the team. The there's a book, I think it's called The Wonderful World of Customer Service at Walt Disney or something, something along those lines. And one of Disney's mottos, or they're like one of their kind of like internal mottos is everyone picks up trash. Yeah, like I think they the, from, make people do that job at some point, right? Everybody does. So the CEO all the way down to the very new person, everybody picks up trash. And that was, that's where you should start with that is so have, you know, I've, I've, I've had this conversation many, many times, which is, Hey, if you're in the bathroom and the toilet paper is low, swap it out. If the trash can is full, take it out. If the fuck, whatever, like just do it. You're saving somebody else a lot of time, right? So getting people to understand that somebody's going to have to do more work later because you're lazy now. And you're obviously talking to your coaches when you say this, right? That's what, Not I'm, talking, your members, that, right. That's what I'm talking about. So it starts with the staff first. And then what you'll find is that if everybody's doing that, people see it and then peer pressure takes over because that's just the culture within the gym, which is people pick up trash and they put things away. So it starts with you. So your coaches... If you want your members to put things away or they're not putting away, I would be willing to bet that your coaches don't put things away either. And yes, you might be like, I always put my stuff away. And I'm like, it's not just you. You're not the only one in the facility. Other people leave their shit out too. And that creates problems because that means it's okay. Now, if everybody, like for instance, like I'm thinking about it right now because I was in a hurry and I left the box out there in the gym, which I'm going to go get during that class. But maybe I'll, I'll, because you've trained everybody so well, somebody else has done it. Somebody probably will. And then I'll find out who it was and I'll say, thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. So that is where you start, right? And then um, the other thing with regard to this, which I've gotten better and better at over the years is, so this is something I learned in the military and this is like an aviation thing because in aviation, what they call FOD or like foreign object debris, you can't be left anywhere because it'll get sucked into an intake or something like that. So tool accountability is a big fucking deal when you're talking about aviation meaning like hey like like you can't just leave a wrench out because if they take off on this airplane and get sucked into the engine and kill everybody so when they in in the aviation world if you look at toolboxes all of the toolboxes have like so most people's just toolboxes like a bunch of fucking tools jumped in dumped into the toolbox right in the aviation world in order to keep accountability and keep it very quick and simple all the tools have like cutouts so the tool goes back into its cutout. And then if I look at the toolbox, you're like, we're missing a wrench. 
that's a problem. Where is it? It's like because our it, it might, sex toy drawer. Like, you know, every right. sex toy has a very right. specific uh, right. process. You, do, you, you know. just have a, like a bunch of fists <laughs> in there. <laughs> that's in my yeah. private sex <laughs> yeah. toy. Yeah. Uh, so that, so, and the whole point of that is it has to be really obvious to where things go. So if you were to come into our facility, for the most part, I think we've done the best we can here because it is a warehouse, but over the years we've redone it every single time. Everything is labeled. Almost everything is color coded and we have like different signs, right? So like if you walk over to the wall ball racks, the, the racks, are numbered. So we have this big rogue rack, but they're numbered with the weight. So you don't, you can't just like, if you put it there, like you literally just put a 14 on a 20 because you're just being lazy. So here's what I would love. We take some pictures of those and we'll send them over yeah, to yeah. Katie and she'll drop them on Instagram. So hundred percent. And then other things like all of the weight trees, right? So all of our weight trees are built into the pull-up rig. So they're the, they're the ones, they're the, they're pins that come out horizontally and all of them are color coded. All of the weights are color coded. So if you have a white, it goes on the white tree. If you have a yellow, it goes on the yellow tree. I see we do yellows or 35s. Uh, yellows are 15s actually. So white is 10, yellow is 15, orange is, uh, green is 25, orange is 35, and blue is 45. So similar to the color of competition right. lights. Right. So then, so, and, th and all of this is A, to help me clean up, but think about how, what this does for new people when they come in. Super simple. Super simple. Like they, it, like just by process of elimination, they could figure out where these things go. They're like, oh, this one's blue. I'll put it over here. Um, and then, the one that we figured out most recently, this is probably about a year ago. I don't remember if I stole this or something like that, but like storing of all the rowers we hang on the wall. Oh, you have the little hooks for the rowers? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. smart, yeah. It's kind of a pain in the dick to get them off the wall for the ladies because they're heavy and they're kind of awkward. If you're like short, then it's really awkward. But anyway, we usually sort that out before or afterhand anyway. And really, when you have a rowing day, it's only a problem for the first class. Right, which we've which we've solved for that too, because we have internal protocols with the person who teaches the evening class takes that down and sets the class for the morning class. Wow! So your last class, so rather than making your early coach show up earlier, right? The right. last class, and, and there's and knowing and there's you, usually multiple people paid for that. Uh, well, everybody just does it because somebody you're going to get it at some point anyway, right? Gotcha. And it usually when the person's shutting down, there's multiple coaches in the facility, so it's it's usually like a quick team effort to rip them all down and put them down but it's just so awesome and we do that for boxes for rings and it's just protocol for us now and everybody knows that's what we do um and this is kind of like from uh from legacy from about the all blacks which is like sweep the sheds everybody chips in to do these things so once you start doing that everybody just does it because you brushed like, over a great book legacy like, all about the new zealand all blacks right. rugby team. yeah great book check it out but the the other one, which is like, so we had this, I could never get the assault bikes to go back where they were. Because they're a pain I, in the ass to move. You got to step on the front, lift them up. Yeah. Well, but like they would go in the corner, but like only really I knew how they fit. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and like so rowers, people would yeah. Right. So people would put them back and all these fucking weird. And I'm just like, what? They're like, what is happening? It makes no here? sense what you're it doing. It makes no people. sense whatsoever. So here's what I found out. We basically with tape on the floor put parking spaces and bikes you know if you if you want bikes to not be a pain in the ass to get them out turn them diagonally like you would in a parking space and they're so easy to get out yeah. even if even if they're directly next to each other because you turn them diagonally and they offset distance so we have parking spaces that are numbered for all the bikes 
and it's super tight, but we pull them out and they go and every single time they go right back where they went. Same thing for the ski arcs. They're boxed in. It's like skier one, skier two, skier three. And then when we pull them out, we put them where we're supposed to, and then they go back right where they're supposed to. So this is how you get people to do that without getting them to do it. So everything has a home. There's nothing where we have like a bucket of things or this stuff is over on the wall. Like if everything has a home, it's obvious where everything should go and then people will put it back. Well, we definitely want to see pictures of the rowers, the skiers and the bikes. Cause I think, and even the spray painted bumpers, because I think for most people, you know, the monostructural equipment is really where the struggle is, but Anything that you have organized, the wall balls, I'm sure your kettlebells, your dumbbells, we'll throw it up there. It'll be on our Instagram if you're listening to this. Katie will take care of it. She's the bomb. Check her out on Instagram too, by the way. I, and I there's, I there's hidden benefits to this too, which you don't pick up until you do it. And a lot of that is all of these things chew up 30 seconds, 60 seconds, three minutes in your timeline, which you didn't account for. And if you don't have that, then you, that's why your will constantly be off is because you're not accounting for how long that should take. But if I make it very easy, then getting the wall balls out is, is obvious because they walk up and in 15 feet away, they can identify where their wall ball is instead of that complete clusterfuck that we've all seen where they walk up and nine people are staring at the wall ball collection, trying to figure out where the, the one 12 pound wall ball is. And, then this, and that takes four fucking minutes. Something you said earlier was seven minutes is not enough time. Right. What is enough time? Seven minutes is the minimum. So class, you know, 53, you know, 53. on the clock, whatever 53. it is. That's yeah. typically what I try, but the reality is for newer coaches, if they're leaving seven minutes, you're not getting seven minutes. Somebody so I shoot, yeah, I shoot for scale. 10 to get yeah. seven. Yeah, right. I shoot for 10 to get seven. Yeah. The other night, my class runs over my, I've got a four, five, six on Mondays. The five it's because runs... you're a mediocre coach. No, because of course one person. <laughs> Lindsay great, just spit out her feet. <laughs> great dude, but he didn't scale appropriately like, to the point that he's the only one moving. And I just, you know, I don't like to cut people off. He wound up scaling the pull-ups down the ring rows, but it was, you know, too little too late. And I knew, and then, you know, going back to what we said about intervening, I've realized it on round two. Like he was so far right. behind. I should have went in there and been like, dude, we gotta change X, Y, or Z. There's three, you know, it was a triplet. Right. But what was the what was the other thing that we did? And oh, I stole this from um what gym were we at? What was the last gym we went to in Raleigh? Grove? No, Oak, Oak something. Where we did the crossover symmetry warm-up? Right, yeah, yeah. Oak City. Oak City, that's right. I stole this from them when we were there. So uh, the dumbbells and the kettlebells are, are prime offenders for just being a hot mess. We're getting ready to add one more layer to this, but this was interesting. We didn't actually like give them all specific homes, but we did number the, the dumbbell. And I may have talked about this before. We, we didn't number on the, on the side of the head of the dumbbell, the weight. Oh yeah, which, you did that. Yeah, that was smart. Which, which, which actually has two benefits. Number one, it, again, it, it removes all of this like shit show of people trying to find you can't see them on some of the rubber heads. Right. Or you have to turn it three times right. and it's in the wrong spot, but it, I can see the sides of all of them. So even if it's to the bottom, I can quickly identify and get it out of there. So it makes for quick, 
transitions for people to get dumbbells because they can identify them very quickly and then grab them and go. But from a coaching standpoint, it also makes it very easy to identify what they have because I can read it from 30 feet because it's written in like a silver Sharpie. And I'm like 25, they're really struggling. That should be 20. I'm going to make that change right now. And I'm just going to do the swap and I don't have to ask them. I know what weight that is because I can read it. So that's, so those two things like how to, but in, in addition to those two things, t- people typically put them back in a relatively organized fashion because they can see it. They're like, this is a 25, this is a 25, I'm just going to stack them right here. Yeah, you just get one of those Sharpie like paint markers and you can yeah. write on the side there. But yeah, I mean, Fern dropped that reference of dropping in. If, if you've not already checked us out on YouTube, it's also on our website. It's the first thing you'll see, besthouroftheirday.com. You'll see Trying to you're... schedule season two, but it's just like... He's well, just I like, listen, freaking... I'm going to have a baby. And I'm like, listen, bring, I've got to get me. over it. <laughs> listen, I'm not. Actually, I would like to see you with a check. I'm at the point now where I keep my phone on full time, even when Roz isn't around. Is that it's crazy? It's stressful. She called earlier. I was on a call. I'm like, is everything OK? She's like, you know, yeah, it's fine. But anyway, like, I'm, I'm gassy. And you're like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> check out dropping in. And also. You know, we're answering questions right now from our listeners, but we do have a Patreon account where we answer questions that only go to those patrons or Patreon subscribers. So our first bonus episode actually drops today. We drop it on the third Thursday of the month. So hopefully if you're a subscriber over there, you've checked it out. We've already gotten great feedback about it. So patreon.com forward slash best hour of their day. Let me ask you Can this. For, yeah, I'm trying that? to think of what uh, I'm trying to think of other things that we do too in there. Just well, like, but everything you, should have a home. Everything should have a home. And you'll you'll take all those pictures. How about what not to do? I've seen box owners that I've been a part of coaching at their box, and and in fairness, I was probably guilty of this as well. It's like somebody leaves a mess. You take a picture. You put it on your social media. You put it in your private group. Is that a good idea? I mean, is publicly berating the people that pay you money a good idea (laughs) yeah i mean you could do it in such a way where it's like who did this please don't do it again but no that's not that's that is not how you do that so how do you handle that you go to the source or you go internally to the team and be like what the fuck is going on over here like and just ask questions so for instance like we have um um so we have the is it OSO or OSO collars? You know, I think it's, about? yeah, I know what you're talking. I don't know. That's a good, I think it's OSO, but I, I think it's OSO. Anyway, Rogue, the, the Rogue purchased ones. the company. Uh, yeah, Rogue purchased the Did company. They? They're all, they're, I didn't yeah, realize Rogue bought them. Yeah, a couple years ago. I'll tell you what, too. Smart move. Those are one of the things where you could buy cheaper and they break. We have to spend the money. Exactly. Spend the money and buy the good ones. I think I think we so they're about sixty bucks, forty five to sixty bucks a pair. So not not on the cheap end when you're talking about collars, right? But Rogue However, will also replace them. Will they? I'm almost positive if you reach out so to like Rogue. if the pens and shit come out. Yeah. So the the pens do come out occasionally, but anyway. So if if people do that stuff, it's just you know do the right thing, which is have a, a one-on-one conversation. Don't post a picture on Instagram and be like, what's up? Because like we've had a couple instances where people leave those on the ground and then people drop weights on them and then yeah. they bend them and they're quasi not usable. But Jake, who we referenced earlier, he's into cars and all that stuff and he's got like all sorts of crazy tools and he can fix it. So I'll just give it to him, but can you fix this? And he's like, yeah. How so, do you store your, your collars? Great question. So we bought one of those. So Rogue has 
if you, I think there's a tab that's just called storage on their website. So they make basically the three by three piping that a pull up rig is made out of, and you can just buy a section of piping, and then they make the the pins that go in that just snap onto that, like like the same thing you would use for like the matadors, which is the dip bars and the adjustable pushes, that orange kind of like safety pin that's got the little linch pin on it. So I bought one of those um, or a couple of them, one of those strips of of piping and then put the like three of those pins that you would there for weight storage on each of them and then that's where all of the collars go we just slide them right on there and it's right by the bathroom so the bathroom on one side has a big foam roller rack or two foam roller racks and then on the other side it's got the um the matadors and the collars on the other side that are all stored there and you look you walk up there and like this is clearly where this goes yeah, Rogue has gotten to the point now where it's cheaper to buy their product than just going to like back in the day, you go to Home Depot, you buy some piping. Like I bought change storage from my garage gym to just to slap on my rig. And I was right. like, oh, I could probably buy this. And by the time I go buy it from Home Depot, screw it. And it's like for then you got to make it, you got to do yeah. some weird fabrication, all that stuff. So, I mean, they've thought of all that. So you can, you can buy most of that stuff there. And so that's, that's how we do pretty much everything. So the goal for a gym, because everybody knows this, like shit on the floor collects dust. If you can get almost everything off of the floor, you can keep your gym significantly cleaner. So nothing goes on the floor. And we've said this before, but floor space is your most valuable asset, right? So everything, obviously you need some wall space, whether it's handstand pushups or wall balls, although if you have targets, you don't need them for wall ball and you can always clear some space for the hand. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Handstand pushups once every two weeks, maybe, but you know, a clean floor space, obviously easier to clean if right. it's empty. Like you said, it collects dust, but really that's how you accommodate more people in your class. Assuming you, you know, right. there's a couple other barriers there, but floor space is the most valuable commodity you own. Right. So then how do I maximize that? Oh, I got to be hyper organized. And then if you have a lot of equipment or you're starting to accumulate a lot of equipment because you've been around longer or you're, or you're growing, so you need all that stuff, then this is one of the first things you need to think about is if I'm going to increase volume in the door, you can't think that you're just going to operate the way you were with 10 people, go to 20, and it's going to be just as organized. Like it's not going to happen. So you have to think about logistics, like what are cross patterns look like? Where is this equipment stored? Is it easy to get out? Is it obvious? So that when you have a class of 20, you're like, everybody get a wall ball. Well, if those are not organized, well, that is a five minute evolution. Like don't even think anything otherwise. Be like, I'm just going to sit over here, have some coffee like Lindsay does in class. Yeah. She's, <laughs> and She's notorious. I see her just drinking coffee, walking right. around, hands in her pocket. We keep walking into the shows. We've been asking for it. The, um, the, you know, um, I think what you're saying is true. You could be super organized, but if it's not in the proper way, it's still slow. We had a shed at one point where we would store boxes or these big things. But then like you said, it's like it would be 20 minutes for everyone to take out a box because it was in this narrow little shed where you had to one person go in at a time. Right. So, yeah. So once you get everything stored, then then kind of like the musical chairs game starts to happen, which is as I figure out that I've unintentionally 
created these weird traffic patterns that now have friction because there's too much cross and it doesn't make sense because I put the PVC pipes over there, which we use every day. And it's in the far back corner of the gym. It's the most high volume thing that we use. Well, that's not an appropriate place for that. So let me move it and put it into a spot that is easier to get to. And all of a sudden you can start buying back two, three, four, five minutes of a timeline because things are just organized better and they're very obvious to get to and uh, this was years ago we started kind of chipping away at that and um it's it's pretty damn good now we're like nothing takes long like i mean like 60 seconds to do pretty much anything in the gym and you know one thing you could do is hey if you're in the back we'll grab this first if you're in the front we'll grab this first so you're not getting everyone going to the same piece of equipment at the same time lots of tips like that but ultimately i think the cleanliness of your box, A, it trickles down. You take care of the box, your coaches will, your members will, but B, make it easy to do. And that's exactly what you've done there. Easy. The other question that comes up with regard to this, because we've been talking a lot about equipment, but what we haven't talked about is people's stuff. Just shit, bags, shoes, knee sleeves, belts, jump ropes, thumb tape, like all that stuff. I know gyms love to put to make cubbies and all of that stuff. Don't do it. Cubbies are just an invitation for people to leave all of their belongings at your gym. So what do you recommend? Don't have anywhere for people to put their shit. <laughs> so it's so if I like within like within reason, right? So we have like a seating area when you come into the gym, but there's not like a bunch of cubbies out there. There's a, there's two high top tables with whatever four high top stools. There's a bench, and then we have two locker rooms. Yeah, but if you yeah, we have locker rooms. So like dump all your stuff in there. That's what it's for. But I don't, and I'm getting ready to do a little bit of rearranging there too, because the tables are starting to get overrun. So there's like a little walkway. I'm going to create like people could put their keys there and a coat hangers and all that other stuff, because this is the stuff that, you know, as your gym grows, you have more people and maybe it's cold outside. If 20 people come in with you know, jackets, and jackets and all this. I mean, that stuff will quickly start to encroach onto the floor and it looks like a hot mess. So not only your gym stuff, but storage of people's personal things should have, you know, the big ticket items, very obvious places to put it. Coat hangers, right? Like key hangers, you know, stuff like that so that it doesn't make it all over the place. How many times will we all be like, somebody's text you after the class, be like, um, I lost my wedding ring. I think right. I put it over there on the J hook because that's where wedding rings go. And if you could go search all 68 J hooks in your facility uh, to find my wedding ring, that is silicone black that exactly matches the rogue rig. I would appreciate that. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't have anything else going on right now. I totally appreciate that. You know, right, not I that that's ever happened to me. Yeah. This is a yeah not, not, not that that's ever happened to me, but that's what I'm, that's, that stuff happens. So, so, um, well, well, let me ask you this. So you have a locker room. What do you, you're not really going to piss. Oh right my goodness. Me. I had to go so bad. I was going to try to wrap up the so show, but you we, brought up some great topics. We're getting right now. This is this is the first. So this is going to make the YouTube channel, everybody. No shocker, we can't see it. I drank, <laughs> I drank so much water earlier. You, you know when you pee and you aim for the area that doesn't have the water, so you're like you don't know. Yeah, it's you? not working. We can all hear you pee. You hear I have a strong stream. Yeah, yeah. it's well, my strongest muscle. It's no, it's just because you're so close to the toilet. Because <laughs> you're short. I would like short. to get a urinal in my house. Yeah. So just a stand-up urinal. 
Yeah, I think that's like you've made it. If you have a stand-up urinal in your house. Have you? Have you made it or are you just living in a truck stop? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but you have locker rooms. A lot of people that are listening don't have right. locker rooms. So, like, for I example- mean, yeah. So, like, yes. Like, do the best you can, right? So, this is the same conversation I was having with somebody the other day about um, doing a consult, which is like, if you don't have a conference room, well, then you have to have it in the gym. But the point is, you should be thoughtful about what these things look like and how they're set up. And if they don't work, continue to reorganize them and design them and like get creative. Like, you know, don't always look at the gym to figure out ideas for this. Like look at, you know, you know, Southern living magazine, like, like, look at, like, look at all these things that are like organizational type, um, yeah, we websites were at, or magazines or whatever. What's the box? The first box to wait, I want to say invoke invoke. They, they actually had a spot on their wall for rings. Right. Yeah. So little things like that. And I think it's important you train, you do this. Like, so I show up at the box this type of this time of year, I'll, I'll wear boots. So having a spot for people to change your shoes because you don't want them showing up with dirty shoes. Right. Um, you know, but there's really, there's probably like the guy, like it's one of those like classic, like CrossFit uh, caricatures of the guy who has a duffel bag with like, Here's my hand wraps. Here's my knee sleeves. Here's my belt. Here's my oh, shoes in case we lift. Here's my shoes in case we run. There was a dude that used to come all the time. And I have another girl, like, I give her shit. Like, she'll go in in the morning and she'll just take up the whole small gym. And there's just stuff everywhere. She just unloads her whole bag. Like, 87 weight belts, 17 pairs of shoes, wrist wraps, you know, all the stuff. Uh, but I had another guy who had that mat. You ever you seen that that really large high leap backpack, which is oh yeah, 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 which is far too large to be a backpack. By the way, high leap. I don't know what you guys are doing. Yeah. That is a that is what we would call like a a five day pack in the military, where you're like five days worth of shit can go in there to like that you could traverse the you know some austere environments like with that thing. It's just way too much. Um, but if you're going to do stuff like that, the other thing is to make it obvious, right? So if you have like, this is sounds ridiculous, but this helps. If you are going to have these little hooks for rings or keys, you should put a sign up there that says rings "Rings and keys, keys. because if you don't, they're going to continue to put their shit on the table rather than hang it on the ring hook. And it's Uh, also just a simple, Hey Jen, we got a spot for your ring now, put it up there. Right. And now she does it forever. Right. So that you make it easy and you make it obvious. That is how you get people to buy in on that. If it's easy and it's obvious, they're to do it. If it's not easy and it's not obvious, not only are they not going to do it, they're going to complain about you asking them to do it. And, and for the record, if you have a locker room or you are potentially considering that, that's another way to boost your revenue. You could you could rent lockers and say, Hey, you can use any of the open lockers, but if you want a locker that's yours for the year, it's, you know, $10 a month and people will gladly pay. Oh, I get to leave my nanos here. I get to leave my jump rope here. I never have to put your own lock on it. Yeah. Yeah. Keep a towel here. You know, pre-workout, that's a good way to boost that average revenue. Like we talk about in affiliate university. All right, Fern, I think we nailed it. I nailed it. You didn't, you, didn't do, you didn't do anything. I took a, I took a, quick you, took a piss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you took a piss. You took a piss. You took a piss all over this episode. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if you haven't already also go check out doc Spartan, use the code best hour for 15% off support us on Patreon. And Oh yeah. Check out the merch. We, 
I got an email from our new merch guy and he was like, you had the best. Sold a million. We sold a million dollars of merch. A little more, a little more than a million. Nice. Yeah. A million I mean, pesos. We sold a million dollars, which will very soon be worth as much as pesos. Apparently is where <laughs> this is all going. So. Well, he said we had the best opening week of merch ever for his store. So, what? Yeah. Damn, son. That's how all we right, do it. We had, a, we had a, you know, we appreciate everybody that's going to be sporting. I know I haven't gotten mine yet. It should be here any day. But if you get your best hour gear, the do that, but better shirt, please tag us, throw it up on Instagram, and we'll uh, reshare it. All right, Fern. You want to add something? I was going to say, I was going to say thank you. I know I, I try to, I try to go out of my way when people DM us to say thank you for listening. So if you bought merch, thank you guys. We really appreciate it. If you listen to the show, thank you. We know you guys don't have to listen to Jay and I can be really annoying. So I appreciate you putting up with him. Um, but no, on a serious note, thank you guys for listening. Uh, it actually does mean a lot to us that you guys choose to listen to us because you don't have to. So thank you. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.